Welcome once again to Lato's Law. Here's Steve Lato. Randall sent me a note out of Canada. And here's the deal. Uh, America has civil asset forfeiture. And some states have abolished it. Some states have regulated it down. Uh, but the feds still do it. And basically, it's the concept that you can be just traveling along uh, whether uh, in an automobile or on foot or on a motorcycle or on a, on a trike, <laughs> doesn't matter how, and you come into contact with law enforcement, and somehow they discover you got cash on you. And they go, oh, you got a lot of cash on you? How much is that? And you go, I got $43,000 on me. And they go, oh, let me see that. And they just take it from you. And uh, you go, hey, it's, dude, it's my money. What do you, what do you, why are you taking my money? Um, we believe this, this money is evidence or proceeds. One or the other, of, of a crime. You're either going to commit a crime or you already have committed a crime or uh, money laundering. We don't know. We're going to take the money from you and just keep it. If you want your money back, you got to sue us. And you go, well, uh, am I being charged with a crime, sir? By the way, this is my uh, uh, simulation of the officer walking with my money. Sir? Sir? No, no, we're not charging you with a crime at all. Well, why would you take my money claiming it's associated with a crime but you're not charging me the crime. Oh, uh, we have no idea what you may or may not have done. We don't care. We're just taking your money. But the idea is that you've got to sue them to get your money back, which costs money. And as a result of that, many people won't, and therefore they just keep your money. And this is a concept that goes back quite a ways in common law. And there were times where it made sense, but it's been abused beyond all recognition so that some states have outlawed it. Uh, some states, like I said, have regulated it. The feds, however, have not. So anytime that someone takes your money, even if there's a state law against it, uh, they can turn it over to the feds and go, you guys take care of this. And now the feds have got your money. And once in a while, they give the money back as part of an equitable sharing concept. And and many people go, Steve, this sounds a lot like organized crime. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there you go. But what's interesting here is we're talking Canada. Canada. Do they have civil asset forfeiture in Canada uh, or, or, or what's coming? And, and so Randall sent me notes and Steve, check this out. The website's from called lifesitenews.com. Anthony Murdoch wrote this. But I'll let you know, I poked around and found other things. I even read the press release issued by the government describing this. And one of the things that Anthony Murdoch pointed out in his article is that the press release buries this so deeply that you might miss it. <laughs> But it's actually, as they say, burying the lead in journalism, where you read halfway through the article and you're like, whoa, I didn't know that was going to be in here. So civil rights group outraged after Canadian province looks to introduce unexplained wealth seizure law. Unexplained wealth. And I've done videos on this before, I believe out of England and also I think Australia might have unexplained wealth orders, but I could be wrong on that. And their position is somebody's got a bunch of money. Too much money, as if there's such a thing. And you look at them and they go, you got $17 million. Where'd you get the money from? Don't have to tell you. They go, okay, well, what you have there is unexplained wealth. And the only way you can have unexplained wealth where you don't want to tell us where you got it from, it's got to be the fruit of a criminal enterprise, and they just take it. That is unexplained wealth, which is a lot like civil asset forfeiture, but... Civil asset forfeiture quite often happens to people who are traveling, people who are driving around the country, whether it's in a car or by airplane. That's why I'm saying traveling versus driving. Uh, so if you're, if you're moving about the country 
and you come into contact with law enforcement, you've got cash on you. That's, that's often where you run afoul of this. Sometimes we hear stories about where the cops go in someplace, whether it's a, a bunch of private safe deposit boxes or someone's home, and they encounter money there, and they go, hey, there's a lot of money here. Where'd that come from? And by the way, in America, you can have an explanation. They can still take it. So it's not unexplained wealth. It's just wealth. But, but unexplained wealth, what we're talking about here, unexplained wealth orders could be used to confiscate property where there's no evident legitimate source of the funds. So it doesn't have to be just wealth, not just cash. So let's suppose you bought yourself a gigantic mansion, okay? You're a millionaire. <laughs> you own a mansion and a yacht. And the government comes by and goes, how'd you pay for these things, this mansion and this yacht, Mr. Fudd? How'd you, how'd you pay for that? You go, I'd rather not tell you. I believe that my business is my own. They say, well, it's unexplained wealth. We're going to seize it. So a civil liberty group is now sounding the alarm after British Columbia's new uh, premier announced a forthcoming law that would permit the government to take away one's property or goods before being charged with a crime. So there's no criminal charge necessary for them to do this. The soon-to-be-introduced unexplained wealth order was announced by the Premier on Sunday as part of a broader public safety plan. The government says the law is intended to target gangs and criminals who profit on misery, but experts warn that such a law would be a severe infringement on one's rights as defined in the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms. And that, of course, is the problem because... Here's the thing. What happens to the money? Quite often, to incentivize the actions so people who are in a position of power will go out and find the money, they tell the different agencies, by the way, the money that you guys recover uh, will be split between the government and the agency. So police departments in Michigan, for instance, if they seize money from somebody, uh, some of that money, I believe, gets used by the police department afterwards. So you find police departments buying themselves all kinds of cool stuff because they've got more money than they should have otherwise. And so when you incentivize someone to go find this money, guess what? They'll find this money and, 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 and unexplained wealth. The uh, British Columbia Civil Liberties Association, the BCCLA, believes that unexplained wealth orders are an unnecessary expansion of government power. Organization said in a statement adding that such measures are an unacceptable infringement of Canadians' rights to the presumption of innocence, due process, and privacy. And of course, many people make those same arguments here in America because it turns out we have a presumption of innocence. We've got the right to due process. And privacy is something that, although not enshrined literally in the Constitution with that word, uh, it's something most people accept as, you know, I have the right to be left alone or the right to be let alone, depending on who you're talking to. And so the idea that I can take my money and go sit at my house and, and close the door and pull the curtains down and sit in there and I, 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 can, I can spend that money, I can roll around in that money, uh, I, can, I can hoard that money, or I can give that money away. It's my money, right? But for someone to come in and take it, well, they're making it look like you're guilty of something. They're certainly not giving you due process because they're making you sue them to get your own stuff back. And obviously, they're invading your privacy. So while the full details of the program for the unexplained wealth orders won't be released until next year, 
The uh, government's already attempted to justify the proposal by saying that the law would help deal with young people who are attracted to gang life by images of fast cars, fancy homes, and luxury goods. So somehow, they're, they're fighting gang life with the unexplained wealth orders. And I assure you, it's the same way they say in America. Well, obviously, if we bust up a, 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 a drug organization and we take down the kingpin, we can, we can take that organization's criminal proceeds from them, can't we? That obviously, we can do that, right? Right? Well, yeah, that's the best example you can come up with, right? Let's go find the worst example that you have actually done, where you've taken the money from the grandfather traveling across the country who is bringing cash to his daughter after having served decades in the Marines. Stories like that. Oh, 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 we got to talk about those too? <laughs> yes, yes. By seizing this property from high-level predatory criminal organizations and individuals, the province can take away this incentive and send a clear message to organized crime. Why don't they call it the Organized Crime Unexplained Wealth Act? Why don't, why don't they just call it that? That's what it is. No, no, no. Unexplained Wealth Act. Unexplained Wealth, uh, I'm sorry, Unexplained Wealth Orders. Uh, our concept originated in British Columbia following a 2019 recommendation from an expert panel on money laundering in British Columbia real estate. So they're not saying that's where the idea came from originally in the entire world. But they're saying that they've been discussing this since 2019 in BC. So and in, in 2019... In British Columbia, they were discussing ways to deal with money laundering. How will we deal with money laundering? Somebody said, how about an unexplained wealth order? So it took somebody three years to go, oh, that sounds like a good idea. So the new premier has announced the new forthcoming law, and the unexplained wealth order will become a way of life in B.C., the recommendation stated that civil forfeiture is already used much more readily than criminal prosecution, but still requires a link to criminal activity, which may be hard to establish, especially where international transfers are involved. So I'm just going off this sentence, and I do not know if this sentence is accurate, but they are claiming that their civil forfeiture is something they use, but it requires a link to criminal activity. Even that would be a step better than what we have in America. Because in America, they do not have to even allege a link to criminal. All they got to do is say is, we took your money. You want it back? Sue us. Any criminal activity? It's your job to prove there wasn't any. Not making that up. Unexplained wealth orders could be used to confiscate property where there is no evident legitimate source of funds, providing another civil process tool that does not rely on criminal prosecution or evidence of a crime. British Columbia already has in place administrative forfeiture rules which allow the seizure of one's property valued under $75,000. So, <laughs> why? I don't know. It also has civil forfeiture rules which allow officials to seize one's goods or cash if they suspect they are obtained via funds made from crime. So, all they need is the suspicion. And they got the suspicion, they're good to go. This is not the first time that uh, the premier there and the party he's with in British Columbia have come under fire, but I don't know enough about BC politics to get involved, and I'm not going to because I don't do politics in this show, especially not those from another country. <laughs> but the unexplained wealth order is another tool, and I remember talking about this because it happened in 
London, I believe, there was somebody in London who was the national of another country. They they were from another country. I don't think they were a British citizen. I, I believe they were still a citizen of their other country, but living in London. And they lived in an extremely expensive place. I I believe these facts are right, but if not, they're close enough. (laughs) Somebody came along and said, how'd you pay for that? And apparently answers weren't given that were good enough. And they then went through the legal process of creating the unexplained wealth order and in essence caused this person to forfeit what they had. And their argument was that we believe that house was purchased with money that was obtained illegally, and we've got the right to do that. And now, I know some people back then, I seem to recall, argued with me about that and said, Steve, I'm familiar with that case, and in that case, it made sense. And that might be true, but there's a couple things to remember. Is that every case is different, right? And also, as an attorney... I always, as a thought exercise, ask myself, okay, if this is the law, and here's how it's being applied, what could happen? What's likely to happen? How will this evolve? And and could this go sideways? And I think that civil asset forfeiture, as it is now being performed in America, shows you that civil asset forfeiture went sideways a couple decades back. And so I don't know if back in the 1700s when they would bring a cause of action against a ship that was abandoned at dock and the case caption was the United States government versus abandoned ship at dock, that that would evolve into police taking money from innocent people going sue us and then buying daiquiri makers with the money. I don't think anybody would have said, well, from there to there makes complete sense, okay? I'm simply saying the unexplained wealth order to me opens up Pandora's box of of potential problems because at its very least, it means that the people in power have the right to come along and look at you, look at your stuff and go, how'd you afford that? Where'd you get that from? How much did it cost? And that right there to me is an intrusion. I don't like the idea of the government, who, by the way, if I lived there, I helped elect, or at least I had a say in their election. I don't like the idea of the people that I elect and the people they hire coming back on me going, hey, let's poke around in your stuff a little while here, figure out how much this stuff costs. Where'd that money come from? Are you sure? Well, then how much did that cost? How'd you afford that? That right there to me is a problem. But obviously the next step is when they go, oh, we don't believe you. We're going to take your stuff with an unexplained wealth order. And so I think the unexplained wealth order is potentially uh, ripe for abuse the same way that civil asset forfeiture is. We'll see. We'll see. But it's interesting that BC is doing this. Is anybody else in Canada doing it? And if not, it's a great experiment. Because you can watch how it goes in one place and compare it to how other places are. And unfortunately, if they make money with this, if they make money with this, it might spread. So to my Canadian friends, north of the borders, we'd like to say, although technically speaking, Windsor is south of Detroit, born and raised in South Detroit, you'd be born and raised in Canada. It's a possibility. 
But another story for another day. <laughs> As of right now, Randall, thanks for the note. LifeSiteNews.com ran it. Anthony Murdoch wrote it. Civil rights group is outraged after Canadian province looks to introduce unexplained wealth orders. And I am outraged as well. Questions or comments, put them below. Let's talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching Lato's Law. If you can't explain it to a six-year-old, you don't understand it yourself.